Welcome into Hitting Hard with John Chuck. We're here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Today on the show, we'll talk about the Falcons' new defensive coordinator. Is this the defining stretch for the Hawks in their schedule? And we'll recap the Royal Rumble. It's all next. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Hitting Hard is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. We ask you to head to youtube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Trying to grow to 6,000 folks on our YouTube page. Leave us a comment. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite pod, uh, podcast platforms, including Spotify. So check us out there. Roku and Amazon Fire. Yes, we are available on those platforms as well. And then give me a follow at JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Well, we got word late on Friday that the Atlanta Falcons have hired their defensive coordinator. Ryan Nielsen comes over from the New Orleans Saints. So he's been he's been a lot of things for the New Orleans Saints. So he's been primarily their defensive line coach since 2017 he has been the uh assistant head coach in 2021 and <coughs> excuse me he was the co-defensive coordinator last season now here's the thing um when we talk about co-defense coordinator okay he didn't call any plays or anything i mean with all due respect i could have been dean p's co-defensive coordinator but we'll save all that um anyway so look Here's the deal about Ryan Nielsen. Um, obviously, first off, they've run a 4-3 type of defense there. So it's going to be interesting to see if Nielsen changes back over to a 4-3 or if he keeps the Dean P's kind of 3-4. And, you know, coaches will talk about, well, it doesn't really matter or this, that, and the other. But, yeah, it does kind of matter from the way your personnel looks, right? You know, right now you don't have enough guys that can put their hand in the dirt that you feel comfortable about if you have to play a four-man front. So from a personnel perspective, it is going to look, you know, potentially different, but we don't really know exactly how they're going to do all that. Now, here's the thing about Nielsen, all right? Let's talk about the good. He has really developed some of the best defensive linemen in the NFL, right? Cam Jordan talked about him glowingly. Trey Hendrickson's another guy who obviously was a really good player for uh, the uh, the Saints, and then he signed the free agent deal with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And last year, uh, he had the uh, single most sacks in a season for the Cincinnati Bengals. So they they have really developed a good defensive line. Like he's been a real part of that. And certainly, look, <laughs> certainly we need all the defensive line help we can get. Right. I mean, we, we, we certainly, we don't, we don't have maybe we have one guy, Grady Jarrett, and then a whole bunch of vagabonds to surround him. They've had a whole bunch of guys that have come through the organization, whether they've stayed, whether they've gone, but certainly he's had some pro bowl caliber players there. Okay. Now the knock is that he's not been a defensive coordinator in the league. He's not been a defensive play caller in the league. So 
I don't know how much that matters, but I will say that I wanted somebody a little bit more dynamic. You saw the Dolphins sign Vic Fangio to a contract. That was a guy I was really interested in. You know, we talked about this a week or two ago. You know, Brian Flores, you know, certainly Steve Wilkes, if he would have been available. I'll say this for Ryan Nielsen, okay? If his defensive philosophy and style is what the New Orleans Saints defensive line is, attacking, accumulating sacks, getting after the quarterback, putting lots of pressure on the quarterback, then that's good. Then I'm I'm fine with all of that. Now, besides Nielsen, you know, they kind of cleaned house. I mean, besides Dean P's retiring, they obviously moved on from their defensive line coach because Nielsen will probably take over some of those duties. But they also moved on from their secondary coach and their and their outside linebackers coach. So they've really cleaned house within the organization to be able to go out and get him all of the guys that that he wants for all of this. And here's what I'll say. Look, they have to be an attacking defense. They have to be a defense that puts pressure on the quarterbacks. It's no coincidence, and I tweeted this out last night, it's no coincidence that the number one sack team in the NFL is going to face the number two sack team in the NFL in the Super Bowl. And oh yeah, the team that won the Super Bowl last year finished third in the NFL in sacks. Oh yeah, and the team that finished the Super Bowl champion the previous year was fourth in the NFL in sacks. And of course, you know, we're, we're sitting there, well, what's the number? It's like 68 sacks or whatever in three years, and the Eagles had more sacks just last season. So if we can be an attacking-type defense, and I don't care that if we go to a 4-3, we kind of stay with a 3-4. Certainly that's a personnel thing. Maybe that doesn't change in the first year because of the personnel that we have, but we have to be an attacking-style defense. And Certainly, Ryan Nielsen was part of an organization that went after the quarterback. He was certainly a guy that attacked the quarterback and attacked it ferociously. And they had, you know, plenty of guys that could, you know, they had certainly double digit sack guys, right? Multiples of guys that were double digit sack guys. So I'm I'm not super excited about the hire because I wanted a kind of old school veteran that really we kind of have a blueprint for. You know, that's why I said Vic Fangio last week. I really wanted a guy that, you know, we kind of, we knew exactly what we were going to get with that guy. But I'm open-minded to what Nielsen is going to bring here. I'm open-minded to what he is because where he came from was an attacking style of defense on quarterbacks. And again, whether we go to 4-3, whether we go to 3-4, at the end of the day, I don't care what your schematic is, okay? You, you can have one down lineman and you can play 10 other guys across the, the front. I don't care what your schematic is. Here's what I know. It's a results business, and we've got to get better on defense. We've got to sack and attack the quarterback. We have to be disruptive in the backfield. We don't have any of those things. And part of that is our personnel. That's why I'm I'm surely hoping that the Falcons with their first two picks address line of scrimmage, whether that's defensive line, but if you want to go offensive line in the second round, I don't really care. 
we have to attack our personnel with our defensive front. <coughs> and certainly our first pick should be a guy that comes off the edge and gets things done. But I'm open-minded to Nielsen. We'll see what he brings. You know, certainly he's developed some really good players out there. I just don't like the fact that he hasn't been a play caller for an NFL defense. So maybe it'll work itself out. Arthur's hired some pretty good, you know, assistants and things like that. But we'll see what Nielsen brings. But he certainly has coached up some of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. All right, we want to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Listen, as we head toward the Super Bowl, FanDuel is our new sports betting partner for Locked On. They're the number one sports book in America. FanDuel, if you're new to it, we've got a really good deal for you going right now. So, look, here's what we've got going on. You get $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you got to do is sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you're going to get, when you place that first $5 bet, $150 in free bets. Listen, FanDuel's got everything you want from money lines to point spreads to player props, okay? You can even combine your bets for the same game parlay and win even more. It's an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. But we've got the deal going on right now for you to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, and we certainly hope you win money out of all of this, at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Place your first $5 bet on FanDuel, and you'll get $150 in free bets guaranteed Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports book of the NFL. So we are coming into a stretch for the Atlanta Hawks that they're going to start a five-game road trip tonight. So when you look at the schedule, they're in Portland, Phoenix, Utah, Denver, and then they'll finish up in New Orleans before they get Phoenix back here in San Antonio, and then they're in Charlotte and in New York. And I'm really starting to think, coming off of the loss from Saturday night to the Clippers, I'm really starting to think that this is going to be kind of a defining stretch. And maybe five games isn't really long enough. Maybe you can stretch it out to eight or ten games, you know, where you get the five-game uh, road uh, streak, uh, you know, you're on the West Coast for a five-game road streak, and then you kind of come here and you play some other good teams. You know, maybe it's more of like a an eight- or ten-game stretch, but I really think that this is going to be a defining moment because it feels like now that we're 61% of the way through the schedule, where's that pendulum going to swing for the Atlanta Hawks? You know, right now they're sitting in the eighth seed, but you know, they're two and a half games out of the sixth seed, which is obviously not a whole lot. We still, you know, have 32 games yet to play, and that's certainly not a whole lot. But for the Atlanta Hawks, everything feels like it's bigger. Everything feels like it's bigger. And so if the Hawks can hold water, you know, if they can, I don't expect them to go out there and, and win the road trip, but, you know, if they can be two and three, when they get back here to State Farm, 
and, and they can hold serve out West. That's all I'm looking for. You know, honestly, I mean, that, that realistically is what I expect out of the Atlanta Hawks. You know, I, I certainly thought that they would win on Saturday. I mean, they didn't protect home court, but okay. But you can't have one of these, you know, the Hawks, when they made this trip last year and the schedule makers didn't do them any favors last year when they did this, they sent them out really early on this West Coast trip. And it was this this trip of not the L.A. teams, but, you know, Portland and Phoenix and Denver and, and all that kind of stuff in Utah and all that kind of stuff that, that they had that early in the season. And they had that five game losing streak and they never really kind of just got on track for the season. They never got their road record back on track. They were pretty good at home, but they never got their road record back on track. And, and it just really kind of set the tone for what last year was going to be. And so they can't afford to have like this 0 for 5 kind of stretch or even like a 1 for 4. They can't afford to have that right now. And every game is getting magnified for the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, look, we still got 32 games left, but we only have 32 games left. And you're 61% of the way through the season, and it'll be over in the blink of an eye. You know, when when you get off this West Coast road trip and get back home to play the Phoenix Suns, you'll be two-thirds of the way through the schedule. It's coming that fast. So all I'm looking for in the Hawks is just hold water. Just be 500. You know, when the Hawks went out earlier um, at the first uh, part of the year and they had that West Coast road trip, I think that they were two and two on that West Coast road trip when they played the California teams, you know, the Lakers, Golden State and Clippers and and all that. I think they were two and two during that stretch. Just hold water. Just don't lay an egg on this road trip, because if they do, if they if they go out with one of these 0 and five types of performances, I, I think that the season is really going to and you know really the season is really going to get sideways. And then here's the other thing. When the Hawks get back home, which will be, you know, their first game will be February 9th. We'll be at the trade deadline. You know, we'll, we'll, when the Hawks wrap up on the February 7th, uh, and I believe that game is, let's see, where is that game? In uh, in New Orleans, they'll be at the trade deadline. And if the Hawks have an 0 for 5 kind of run and they stink up the joint, I think the Hawks are going to be sellers. I think that I think that the Hawks are going to I don't want to say gut their roster, but they're not going to be adding much in the way of pieces because Tony Wrestler won't put them in the luxury tax if this thing is going sideways. If they wrap this thing up and they're, you know, whatever it is, one for one and four, oh and five, whatever like that, and they wrap this thing up and let's say that they're sort of in that 10, 11 seed type of range. I don't think Tony Wrestler is going to buy into this team. I don't. I don't think that Tony Wrestler is going to start to add pieces, and I don't think Landry Fields is going to, you know, be able to, you know, accumulate different parts and things like that. And Tony Wrestler's son will probably not be on board with, uh, with you know, adding payroll and things like that. I just think that this series is a defining moment for the Atlanta Hawks. This West Coast road trip out there. And because it didn't go well last year, and I certainly have more faith that the Hawks will, like I said, 
just be two and three. Just be no more than a game below 500 in this five-game stretch. Just hold serve, hold water. But if this thing goes sideways, if this thing ends up being a crap fest, then I really think that the Atlanta Hawks, I don't think Tony Russell is going to sit around and, you know, wait to add pieces and things like that. If this thing starts to go sideways, then I don't think that they're going to be buyers. I think they're going to be more sellers. I think they're going to dump, you know, um, Bogey's contract, you know, just get get rid of that contract for whatever they can get. I don't think that Collins is going anywhere. You know, I don't think that John Collins is is going to be on the move. I don't think the I don't think the Hawks really want to trade John Collins at the end of the day. I don't really believe that. Maybe it's true. Maybe maybe they want to get out from underneath this contract. But when you read the room and, and you see that other general managers are not picking up the phone because of that contract, and the Hawks are, you know, unwilling to just unload him. But there might be some other moves besides bogey. You know, if you saw somebody else get moved, that'll really tell you. But when this thing wraps up on the road, this five-game road trip out there, the Atlanta Hawks will the Atlanta Hawks, if they can just hold serve, they'll be fine. But if this thing goes sideways out there, I do think that there are moves coming. And I think that this franchise, I don't want to say that they're going to hit some kind of reset button. I don't think that they're going to gut the roster. I mean, you really can't. I mean, when you think about it with a Supermax player and John Collins' contract and the money that you've got in DeAndre Hunter, you know, you really can't gut this roster. But there will, look, there will certainly be some off uh, or, or end of season changes for this Atlanta Hawks team. I really do believe. I think that the I think the first thing that will be is that they'll be looking for a new head coach at the end of the season. I don't think there's any, you know, and I, I talked to uh, the guy from NBC Sports, Kurt Heelan, about this uh, the other night was he said that nobody around the league thinks that Nate McMillan is going to be back. So you're at least looking for a new head coach and maybe you're looking to change around this roster, but this will be, sort of a defining moment for where the Atlanta Hawks are and, you know, what this season is going to be. Because if this thing craps out, I, I think there's going to be some changes to this roster when we get to the trade deadline. All right, besides making Hitting Hard with John Chuck with your first listen every day, make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. They're available, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from, and we want to talk about our friends over at Built Bar, a new flavor every month, but you can have all of your favorite flavors, churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, okay? But all of the Built Bars, whether you have the marshmallow puffs, the protein-infused marshmallow puffs, you're looking for your traditional just protein bar, they're all around 130 calories with four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, now what you can do is if you don't want to go to built.com and you don't want to do the whole online thing, you can head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and pick you up boxes of built bars today. So you want to run over to Walmart, you're doing all your grocery shopping over there nowadays. Cool. Head over there to Walmart, pick up a box of built bars. You're headed to Sam's Club, you're going to buy in bulk. Cool. Head over there and pick up a box of built bars. So, Either head to Walmart, head to Sam's Club, 
Or you can always go the traditional route. Go to built.com today. Check out their wide range of all the different products that they have. And certainly pick up a bunch of your low-calorie, low-sugar, low-carb types of snacks, but high-protein. Get you know, get healthier. Get in on the action. Get in on you know the new year. It's a new year, new me, and all that good kind of stuff out there. But pick you up boxes of Built Bars at Sam's Club, Walmart, or you can go to Built.com today. All right, so we had the Royal Rumble on Saturday. And can I tell you that, so the Royal Rumble match itself and the pay-per-view, this was one of the great pay-per-views put on by the WWE probably in 20-something years. The Royal Rumble match itself, the Men's Royal Rumble match itself, and it opened the show, by the way, which I don't don't think has ever happened before in a Royal Rumble. I can't think of a Royal Rumble match that opened the show, but, and they had to do it for the storyline that that happened at the end. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. But that men's Royal Rumble was one of the, one of the most entertaining Royal Rumbles. And coming out of that, you know, the great thing is, is that you have all of these different storylines that are going to be able to play out. There were so many moments in there that set up future storylines in the Royal Rumble match that it was like, oh, okay, here's Gunther and Brock Lesnar, you know, or it's this two guys, you know, whatever. Now, Cody Rhodes did win. You know, he, we picked that on Friday. That was, that was probably a no brainer. Okay. You know, Cody heading into WrestleMania. I still think that he needs to put the, they put, need to put the strap on him. He should beat Roman Reigns for the two titles, but, Based upon what happened later on in the show, and I'll talk about this in just a minute. Based upon what happened later on in the show, there may be something else that that needs to happen out there. Um, the lights out match was not very good. Um, you know the the pitch black, the what was it? The Mountain Dew pitch black match with Bray Wyatt, L.A. Knight. That was a crap fest. And then Uncle Howdy jumps off the the top of the light tower or whatever. And he misses LA Knight by like six feet. <clears throat> and they had some pyro go off. That whole thing was ridiculous uh, out there. The Bianca Belair Alexa Bliss match wasn't very good either. The, the right person won. I mean, certainly they wouldn't have put the strap on um, Alexa Bliss right now, certainly because of what's going to be coming up here. The women's Royal Rumble, we picked that one as well that Rhea Ripley won. And now Rhea and Bianca will hook up. So here's the thing. Rhea and Bianca talked about here recently that they want to be Steve Austin and The Rock, and they want to headline multiple WrestleManias. They want to be the greatest rivalry of the women's division in history, and they're two of the top performers in all of women's wrestling. I mean, Bianca's Bianca's a superstar. I've talked to her before. She's really a down-to-earth girl. Obviously, she ran track at at the, at the University of Tennessee, she's from the Knoxville area. Rhea Ripley's a star. You know, she's got the size and the look and everything about her. But they want to be Rock and Austin. They've said that they want to be that. That they want to be the greatest women's rivalry and the headline multiple WrestleManias in their feud. 
So it will certainly set itself up for Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley to, you know, maybe they headline night one of WrestleMania. They could very, they could very well headline night one. Cody and Roman will headline night two. But there's one other thing that has to be talked about from the fallout of the Royal Rumble. And that is the storyline with Sami Zayn and hitting Roman Reigns with the chair. And let me tell you, there were 51,000 people, 51,000 people in the Alamo Dome on Saturday night watching the Royal Rumble. Can I tell you that when Sami Zayn hit Roman Reigns in the back with the chair after they'd beaten up Kevin Owens and they handcuffed him to the rope and everything like that, and they were just taking their shots at him, then Roman got in Sami Zayn's face and said, you've got to do this, you got to do this, you got to take him out and all this kind of stuff, and then Sami hits Roman in the back with the chair. That 51,000 people, that was an Austin-level pop. That was a Stone Cold Steve Austin-level pop. They blew the roof off the joint. And and then once Roman, you know, turned on him and the whole bloodline started beating up Sami Zayn, and then the FU Roman chants came out, and it was palpable. Like, this was great storytelling. This was what the WWE has done in the past that when they get this stuff right, they don't hit home runs. They hit grand slams. And, and this was arguably one of the greatest stories to come out of any pay-per-view in WWE history. And now I'm going to be curious to see that if they pivot, obviously Cody and Roman is going to headline night number two. But do they do something with Sammy and Roman on night one at, at WrestleMania? Because everybody is going to be looking for that match. And, you know, again, in the words of Vince McMahon, plans change, pal. I, I don't know that there is a better storyline, that there is anything better in the world of professional wrestling than what this bloodline story has been and Sammy and Roman and just this whole setup. And by the way, Paul Heyman, Paul Heyman is arguably the one of the greatest performers in the history of professional wrestling. Like there's nobody better than what Paul Heyman does. The facials, his verbiage, everything about Paul Heyman is just top flight. Like there's nobody. And, and again, when the W and the WWE has had a pretty good run of their top shows, like they've had a good run of their tentpole shows like WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. They've had a good run and there's plenty of crap. I mean, look, you, you get Monday Night Raw is going to be three hours long. There's plenty of crap that's that's going to be on that show that just drags out forever. But this bloodline feud is one of the greatest stories ever told in the WWE. And that's saying something. That's saying something from, you know, from um, uh, from the uh, mega powers and, and everything like that. This is one of the great stories ever told in the WWE. And it may force them 
to have to pivot to something to do with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Because now you can't just have Owens and and, uh, Sami wrestle the Usos. No, no, no. You've got to get Sami Zayn and you've got to get Roman Reigns in the ring together. You've got to have them have that face-off and that stare down. And and this was a magnificent pay-per-view for the WWE. I give them bouquets and kudos all the way. Triple H is doing a magnificent job with setting all of this stuff up. And certainly it's been a breath of fresh air that when you watch the WWE product, there's a lot of crap along with it. They have five hours of TV that they have to fill up every week. Besides their NXT show, they have five hours of TV that they have to fill up every week. So kudos to the WWE. This was one of the great pay-per-views of all time. This is arguably one of the greatest stories ever told with the bloodline. And this was one of the great men's Royal Rumble matches in history. So much fun. So many good stories coming out of all of it. And we'll see if Cody ends up winning the strap over Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. All right, well, thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make sure you make Locked On Sports today your second listen. Biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast from. We ask you to head over to YouTube.com, put Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. When you get there, hit that subscribe button. Be a part of our growing community. We're trying to get to 6,000 folks on our YouTube page. We are free and available to download on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Spotify, wherever your favorites are, Apple, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, download us there for free today. Roku and Amazon Fire is also where you can check us out. Hit us up there, and then, of course, give me a follow on my personal Twitter page, at JMCH316. Back with you tomorrow. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked on Sports Atlanta. 